Hey, what's going on? Hope you are well and are having a good week as always. On this episode then of Welcome to the Metaverse, it's a good one. I have a man who is extremely well-loved in the NFT space. He's a tech genius who's working on everything from geospatial intelligence to smart contracts. He's currently the chief technology officer at Artifact Studios and has even assisted the Department of Defense. Above all that though, he is a lovely, lovely man. He goes by the name of Samuel Cardillo and he's doing awesome work in the NFT community. It was an absolute pleasure to have him on the show. On this episode, we talk about some of the steps involved when thinking about creating an NFT project, how to do that credibly and how to create value for the long term, plus the space as a whole. And we touch on what Artifact are up to at the minute as well. As always, nothing in this podcast is financial or investment advice. Always do your own research. With that said, then let's jump into this week's episode. Samuel, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Um, yeah, no, really excited to have you on because your background um, in this space is uh, really interesting. The whole the scope of projects that you work on, you're really well loved and well respected in this space. So going to be a awesome episode for sure. Um, do you want to just give us, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, a little a little bit of your story and how you kind of ended up in this space and what you're sort of currently working on as well? Sure. Uh, I mean, so, uh, you know, I think it goes all the way back when I was like a child. Uh, I, I you know, I started uh, my, my life at nine years old, kind of. I was uh, building and selling computer viruses in a very uh, illegal way, and I got arrested for that. Uh, so I had this uh, hacker mindset all my life, and I've been in the IT uh, sector since then. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just grew up, like I did the army in Israel, and I, I, I worked at Google, and I, I did multiple things. But with always the, you know, the feeling of like trying to share and, and having this very open source mentality, which is really proper to uh, the, um, the hacker kind of mindset. So um, that's why, you know, I've been so much invested into the blockchain, uh, because to me, this is uh, the, the normalization of this kind of mindset, you know, like transparency and sharing and, and, and just uh, having the ability to, 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 to have communities helping together. Uh, each other, sorry. Uh, so yeah, and today I have uh, I'm the CTO of Artifact, uh, which you obviously probably know. I also have a company that does uh, intelligence from space uh, called Shadowbreak. I also have a bioengineering company, and I'm also involved in multiple uh, NFT and blockchain projects. So yeah. Awesome, yeah. I love how uh, you casually drop that in. Got a company who uh, who does stuff in space. (laughs) Such a cool uh, background. Thank Uh, you. Let's talk about um, NFTs for the moment. So what are your thoughts on the current NFT space? Because it is both an amazing time at the minute for innovation and, you know, seeing uh, creatives just just projects adding value all the time. Then there's also a massive influx of supply of projects, you know, loads of people piling in, which is kind of natural. But what's your sort of overview of the space at the minute? I mean, it's a very good question, honestly. I mean, your, 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 your vision on that is kind of spot on. It's kind of aligned with what I think. Of course, uh, we're very early. The, the, the NFT space is growing quite, uh, quite well and, and we're very early. Not a lot of us actually, you know, uh, knows yet about NFT. We might see it. We might hear some of our public personalities speak about it. But in reality, when you go in the street and speak to people, they have no real clue what it is about. Right. So um, we're, that, that is a demonstration of how early we are. Uh, and obviously, as you said, we see projects that are giving like a really good innovation in the space and things like that. But in, in, in the 
bigger scheme of things, what we're looking at is also those trends, those big bubbles kind of things that are being made, right? Like the, you know, the 10K profile picture uh, trend right now, which is uh, literally everywhere. Uh, but I think it's, it's pretty amazing because even those trends are creating innovation, right? Like if we, if we take the, the profile picture uh, trend that we have right now, uh, it's, it's, it's really showing like uh, how people are trying to push immutability or people are trying to push uh, generative art and those kind of things. So we're seeing, you know, um, uh, those kind of innovation, even though there is some cash grab, there is some projects that are complete fail, but the reality is that we're looking at a, uh, at a loop of innovation, if I might say, you know, like where, where there is so much people trying to do it that obviously there is a gem that will come out of it and then it will just keep going. Yeah, it seems to be kind of reinventing itself every few weeks almost. It's just moving so quickly, isn't it? But, um, exactly. Yeah, that's cool to see for sure. Uh, all right, and kind of with that in mind, like this episode, uh, I thought it'd be great to just um, r- roughly go through, you know, if you're coming into this space, maybe as an artist or, you know, as part of a brand who wants to do a NFT project and wants to do it credibly and for the long term and properly, you know, I thought you'd be a great person to get on to maybe talk us through those steps of roughly how you might be able to, to do that. And you do so much great work in the community. So recently volunteering to to review other project smart contracts, which is amazing, you know, um, the work you do there and migrating the uh, crypto baby punks, which we've talked about on the podcast a little bit to their own sort of independent contract we'll come on to all that stuff um, a little bit later but yeah i've kind of got some steps of what i imagine uh, it takes to kind of build a credible nft project but i'm sort of guessing a little bit you'll know much better so feel free to interrupt me and and change me with any of those things but i thought we could kind of run through the steps of how you might sort of create your own project does that sound all right yeah of course yeah i guess like when, when you're thinking about starting a project you would start with your goals, right? What are you trying to achieve? And there's so many different variations of NFT projects. If you're an artist, it might be a collection of one-of-one art pieces, for example, or, uh, you know, is it a collectible project? We talked about the the PFP, the avatar, uh, you know, uh, 10,000 editions often of of uh, characters in, in, with different rarities. I guess you're thinking about future utility, maybe. Does your art unlock anything else? So would that be the place to start? Is it like kind of what are you trying to do first with your project? I mean, yeah, uh, 100%. You want to lay out what your project is about, right? The grand vision of your project, not only the art, but every kind of features, as you just say, that uh, the smart contract will have. Because uh, at, at the end of the day, uh, the most important when you start a product is to keep in mind that this is the smart contract that's going to dictate what you can and cannot do with it. Um, not really how it's looking like or the metadata, but really just a smart contract. And the thing with a smart contract, and this is why, you know, like I, I like having a space company because, you know, when you do the, the, the code of a satellite and then the satellite goes in space, then you cannot change it, right? And the smart contract has the same thing, right? Like you, you deploy the smart contract and boom, that's it. It's not modifiable at all. So I, I, I like to do this comparison because what I mean by this is, uh, you know, w- we look at like deploying a satellite like crazy, but then we don't understand that deploying a smart contract is as crazy as that. You need to pre-plan everything strategically, like if you're building a satellite before, to make sure that your project is uh, is going to be uh, running on the long term. If you look at the board A, for example, they knew they were going to do a migration process even before they released the board A. They planned all of it, you know, perfectly. And so, yeah, 100%, you will need to lay out your goals in a very detailed way to understand how your smart contract is going to have to be built. 
Awesome, yeah. And just to explain for people, the smart contract is really, well, you, you'll explain it better, but it's the instructions of what your projects can do, right? So in terms of whether that is future utility or... Yeah, it, it is, it's, it's your NFT, basically. You know, like people tend to just look at the NFT on the artistic part of it. Uh, but the reality is that NFT means non-fungible token. It doesn't mean art, right? Like it, it can be whatever. It can even be like a bottle of wine. It doesn't matter. The, real, the, the, the reality of what an NFT is, is the code behind what you see. Um, and, and so that, that code dictates actually what you're seeing. It dictates what the uh, metadata and, and properties attached to what you're seeing are uh, and all the utilities that comes with it. So when you buy something, when you buy an NFT, you're not really buying the art, you're not really buying the metadata. Of course, that gives value to the NFT, but what you're really buying is the code. Yeah, absolutely. That's important to understand, I reckon, for, for sure. And if you're not natively, you know, really technologically savvy and you don't know how to write that code from scratch, what can you do to, can you, uh, you know, use other code and, and change elements of it that already exists and that sort of thing? How would you begin to sort of create your own code if you didn't, if you weren't doing it completely from scratch? Yeah, I mean, that's a huge challenge, right? Because you're seeing artists and brands and stuff who don't have the technical abilities and trying to launch themselves and obviously being locked. And so they have to use stuff that pre-exists. Obviously, you have uh, solutions like minting on OpenSea, which I really not recommend because you will end up with a very bad smart contract. Uh, but then you have the ability to actually use uh, some free stuff like the board banana contract uh or just read up on open zeppelin but it is true that launching yourself in the nft if you want to do something proper uh super clean and and well done you will need the help of a developer or you will need to put yourself in a technical uh, level because it does require some technicality it's not too hard but it does require some technicality today i was um talking with an artist actually who, and, and she really wants to uh she really wants to to learn the entire process. And uh, she has some development experience. And what I was telling her is like, the, the smart contract is not really hard actually to do. The hardest part is to understand how to do it and how to create your project aligned with the blockchain um, uh, guidelines. Uh, and that's the hardest part. So yeah, and right now the resources are just not there yet. Uh-huh. So it's, yeah, which is a, a good proof that we're early in, and sometimes where the opportunities are. But I, I guess so that's what's happening with a lot of the influx of projects is they're using OpenSea's default sort of smart contracts. So when they Sadly. when they release their art or whatever it is, it's creating that contract for them automatically. But then they obviously don't own it. It's not decentralized. It's, it's part of OpenSea's ownership. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Cool. Okay, good to know. All right. So if yeah, so if we're starting out kind of your goals and, and thinking about those things, I guess then something else to think about is is your brand ethos, right? Are, are you giving something back to the holders of your collection or whatever it is? Are you adding value to sort of the wider community? Is there maybe a charitable element or something else? So that seems to be the way things are developing is that there was just collections at first and then obviously people are thinking longer term and, and how it's kind of adding value. So I guess that's another element to consider if you're planning your own project. Of course. I mean, that's part of the utilities of your NFT, right? Like, uh, uh, obviously, a lot of things can be done off chain when it comes to that. But, you know, like airdropping doesn't really need to have anything in your smart contract about that. But of course, if you want to give value to to your NFT, uh, having a broader vision to, to what you're going to do is makes sense. To me, it's just part of the utilities. Yeah, yeah for sure. 
All right, okay. And then another element that's obviously important is the creative and, and the visual uh, you know, appearance of what it looks like. That might be static art collectible pieces like the Board Ape Yacht Club initially, or if you know 3D design, it could be anything, right? It could be a wearable for uh, Metaverse or, or anything. But I guess there's an element of thinking about having a consistent style and what it visually looks like seems like a, an important part to, to think about. 100%, I mean, of, of course, you know, again, uh, from the technical level, uh, I will always say the code is the most important, but uh-huh. <laughs> the reality, the reality is that obviously people buy what they uh, what they like. You know, when we speak about the NFT art, because again, the NFT could be everything else. You know, it's not really locked to art, even though art is what's picking the most up and generating the most revenue for now. But but obviously, since we're speaking about art, the the, the visual is the most important for people who are not technical, which is 99% of the buyers of NFTs. So um, yeah, uh, you, you, obviously obviously, I will say that that matters a lot. Uh, no, I, I don't think I'm the right person to really comment you know, on which art is right and which one is not mm-hmm. because I, I'm not an artist myself, so yeah. <laughs> That's all cool. Yeah, no worries. Awesome. All right. And then another aspect, I guess, is is rarity, right? It's, it all it contributes to how valuable something can potentially be is, is how many there are. And and uh, yeah, we kind of covered that, I guess, if it's if it's a one off art piece or maybe it's a collectible of, of some sort. But but rarity plays a role in in value as well. Right. Of of, uh, you know, not inflating the supply too much, I guess, is something to think about if you're thinking about your own project. Yeah. I mean, of course, the scarcity is key to any kind of speculative market you know uh, and at the end of the day what we're looking at right now in the nft art part of things is speculation mainly right so like scarcity plays a huge role for sure uh, and it just how things are evaluated uh, from commodities to whatever else you know the simple market of like uh, how much is there and how much people are asking for so uh the ask and the demand. So yeah, I mean, the, the rarity slash scarcity is uh, a super important to kind of uh, flesh out uh, if you're doing a collectible even more, but uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess it's just a fundamental thing. Like say for, for anything that's valuable, kind of it plays a role for sure. Uh, then the, I guess there's the other um, element of the community around your project, right? So most stuff runs from Discord and maybe you're, you lead up to, to drops in different ways and you build that following and you build that community and people want to invest in something that isn't just there to do the drop and leave, right? So that's a whole nother element to think about with your project and your brand is building that community and getting it going both probably before launch and then the roadmap and and, uh, being transparent about where your project's going. I mean, that goes all together, right? Like, so you obviously you're going to build a community, but as we said in the beginning, like fleshing out your your goals and and like having the creative uh, like path, like, you know, like I, I forgot how to say that in English, but like having everything aligned, you know, like, and, and laying out everything, then you will know exactly how to address the roadmap and how to address your community with that roadmap, because you already know what you're going to have in the future, you know? So, uh, uh, that, that's, that's just like a logic continuity. If you do things correctly, if you lay out your goals, if you know exactly what your project is about, then, uh, the community will come by itself if they're just attracted. The, 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 the main comparison I do with what I see right now, is uh, ICOs, you know, I don't know if you if you remember that time yeah, of like, sure, yeah. you know, like li- looking at ICOs, 
like what we're looking at out right now in the 10k project is kind of that right like you have like this is the thing uh this is the team and this is the roadmap you know and uh to me it's exactly the same as an ico but uh this this uh, this is the team and this is the roadmap is only achieved when you know what's the goal and and the creative path of of your uh, of your nft yeah for sure anyone who who doesn't know uh, ico initial coin offering is what it stands for and in the last bull market which was mainly focused around you know bitcoin and ethereum and altcoins people were starting projects coins that they were, were promising amazing things for in various directions and but there's no real accountability there anyone can kind of say anything and start their own thing and then people will compile into it and some people will make money but some people will be left holding the bag and like you say it's, it feels like a similar market in that way although at least you're ending up holding some some sort of art or something at the end of it which is is nice but exactly obviously underneath that there's some great stuff but yeah it's important just to be aware isn't it <laughs> that's cool um i wondered if you could explain how the sort of minting process works so if, if you've you know got all of your uh, visual creative and uh, you've created the smart contract however you've done that and then there's often a minting process so there'll be a website a dedicated website and users can come with their their metamask wallets generally and mint them from the source uh, how does that process work then is is on a sort of basic level that seems to be how most projects launch yeah, I mean, you have different way to mint pro to to mint uh, uh, a for your project. Like you have like the pre minting where you pre mint all the assets. You know, uh, if if we're we're speaking about the ten k kind of profile picture project in this case, right? Like, but mm -hmm. uh, you have the way where you pre mint all your assets and then you attribute them to an ID and and things like that. I'm not a huge fan of this way of doing. Uh, even though you can scramble security, the 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 reason why I don't like this way of doing is mainly because uh, the creator of the assets has the ability to change the ID uh, and make sure that the most rare ones are like the one you get or stuff like that. So there is some cheating room over there. Then there is a uh, mint on mint on uh, uh, generate on mint. Sorry, which is basically uh, creating the art automatically uh, when the user is minting, uh, which I prefer. But obviously, not every project can do that. Now, for, diff, for, for like when we go out of the 10K profile picture project, so let's say a normal artist or, or a brand that want to, I don't know, like put a physical product on chain or something like that, then you have to, to mint, uh, you, you have to generate pre-mint, of course. But that's fine, you know, because if it's a one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one, uh, kind of painting or stuff, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I see. That's that's useful to know for, for sure. So I guess for anyone listening who maybe, as you say, you know, most people don't have the technical sort of uh, back knowledge, but will probably come from it as maybe an artist or maybe, a, you know, somebody who wants to, to create something at least initially visually interesting, right? And they're going to jump towards probably somewhere like Super Rare or OpenSea. And I'm just trying to think of uh, the audience will probably want to do that. So, you know, is it okay to sort of mint on those platforms and then maybe explore the technicals? And is there anywhere they can go to understand, you know, how to maybe migrate their contracts later and that sort of thing? Would you say that's that's how most people will go and that might be an okay way for now? Yeah. Uh, so one thing we're coming up with, so as you know, we're migrating the crypto baby punk, and I guess we're gonna speak about that a bit later. But yeah. uh, that migration process is kind of a trial, uh, uh, and the goal is to kind of make sure that we have something really usable and reusable, and then we're gonna open source that. And when I say we, it's it's me, uh, but as artifact. Um, so we're gonna open source the entire process and the entire code. 
and then uh, it will be made in a way that anyone can create their own migration process uh, to migrate from an OpenSea or Arable or whatever to their own smart contract. Um, that will be there. Now, beside that, uh, you know, which I think is super necessary, yeah, there is some resources that are kind of accessible, uh, but they're very tech-oriented, uh, you know, on Open Zeppelin, or there is also something called Crypto Zombies, which is super useful. I used that actually to learn Solidity, uh, so <laughs> that was uh, pretty nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the, the problem is obviously when you're a non-technical person, things can be challenging super quick. And, and I really hope to see more and more resource being put out there. I know it's starting, but I, I, uh, the, the issue that I see right now is that the technical resource out there is really, really uh, oriented to technical people, right? And so I, I really hope to see uh, soon, and obviously uh, I'm working on that too, beside the migration contract, to, to see a more uh, artist-oriented kind, of, uh, kind of thing. And that's why... As I said, like just before, I was talking to an artist today and, and trying to help her to do that because that teach me how I can speak to artists, how can I, how I can help those artists to understand better and then like so create some kind of reusable um, kind of process to empower artists because I really believe that uh, nowadays, as an, like if you're an artist and you come in the NFT world, your art is not only the visual part, but the code as well. And it's super important for artists to really not only understand, but own uh, fully their art. Yeah, that's sort of the fundamental point of it all, really, isn't it? So it's, um, yeah, that's so, that's so interesting that, that that needs to be learned. And like you say, it's at the minute on a very technical level, but that's so cool to know that you'll, you'll be open sourcing that project with the crypto baby punks because that's going to really help people own, own their own assets, which is, is super yeah. important. Um, and yeah, that's, this is probably a really good time to, to talk about that. So uh, yeah, could, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the crypto baby punks and um, you know, that story and what you're, what you're doing now as you migrate contracts across. Yeah, I mean, the crypto baby punk, I have to, to thank Zaptio actually, because he's the one who bought a baby punk and then sent it to me. Uh, because I had not heard about the project. It was at the beginning of the Crypto Baby Bank. I think they were like a few months old and uh, they were only picking up. And I really liked it, you know, like I really liked the the, the, the mixing, the breeding of punks to get the baby and stuff. Like the entire mechanic was well taught and the fact that there is only uh, 999 of them, I really liked it. Then the community was super nice and super responsive and things like that. So I really liked it. And uh, yeah, I mean, to, to me, uh, obviously the first thing I wanted to do was, uh, you know, to, to get out of that OpenSea contract, <laughs> which is uh, not where I want my assets to be held. Um, so obviously, you know, uh, I've been trying to help as much as possible the community there um to 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 do that and so that that contract that migration will allow them to to have our baby punk on a more decentralized uh, contract where there is no real owners uh, of the code you know like where you own what you own and it's for life, a lifetime so yeah yeah awesome yeah so good and, and for anyone who hasn't discovered them yet not to to shield them in any way but uh they're an inter interesting project because not officially um linked to lava labs and the crypto punks but are derivatives right so the characteristics are made up of two parent punks and then we have these baby punks so um yeah it's, it's an interesting cool project and and uh, like you say the community is is awesome there so uh yeah really cool cool way of um, helping out that community and, and thank you as well i think from you know on behalf of everyone in the community 
in general you do such good work and such uh, you know valuable stuff often voluntarily as well so yeah definitely massive thank you man for everything you're doing there it's um it's awesome so so cool i think it's important yeah i mean i i think i mean i have, i appreciate the compliment that i think it's important i think we're as i said before i think we're still early in the game and uh, we we are we are the ones building the space and uh, at the end of the day, because we are those pioneers, kind of, right? Like all of us, the artists, the developers, all of us, it is our responsibilities. I really feel like that to uh, make sure that this space is growing with those values, you know, like of sharing and transparency and things like this. Uh, so, and that's why I'm calling out projects sometimes, you know, like if you look at Zero and One Force, which I really like, you know, I like the team and, and I like the, the art. But they had to call them out because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't verify the contract before the sales. And to me, this is bad practice. Yeah, uh, good on you, know. man. Yeah, and, and, and so, you know, like, I think it's really incumbent on us, all of us, to make sure that we're putting those practices because we're seeing more big brands. We're looking at bigger actors joining the NFT. Look at Visa, which was both a, a, a punk, you know, a, a, which as a punk holder makes me really happy. But as a developer... Uh, I'm also a bit afraid because those big brands are coming and yet the practice are not set, right? So uh, I, we, we need to make sure that those practices start to being understood and set and kind of set in stone in a way to make sure that whoever joined the space can follow uh, uh, what NFTs are supposed to be. Uh, and, you know, uh, because... because when I see some projects existing and have no immutability, meaning that the NFT you buy can change at any time or disappear at any time, it's very bad. It's extremely bad. And we don't want that to kind of become a normalized thing of doing. Yeah, 100%. Like that transparency and how everything's happening. And, um, you know, we've got a chance here to build it right, like you say, like with all those things in place that are what? you know initially gave the whole space value in the first place so hanging on yeah. to that is, is so important isn't it so yeah so the work you're doing is 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 awesome with that um and you mentioned it there but you, you so you are on twitter um sort of uh, helping people out checking their contracts um uh, before they launch projects as well right so that is that something you're just doing kind of ad hoc is when you see a project that you want to want to help and that kind of thing or can people reach out to you for that yeah, I mean when i see project i do when i receive dms i do like i have received Tons of DMs, stuff of uh, retweet and stuff like that from people who just ask me, can you review it? And I, I, I review it like as soon as possible. Uh, it doesn't take much time to review them. You know, like I have kind of my process of reviewing. So it takes me like five minutes maximum, uh, super, super fast. Um, so I, yeah, it's, it's, it's entire, entirely volunteering uh, way of uh, giving back to the people and, and kind of... Uh, making sure to give away for for collectors to know what they bought or what they're gonna buy but also for developer you know like to to come and see oh okay this contract was rated c minus why and then they can read the code by themselves and also uh for the developers of those smart contracts you know like i got like really cool interaction with some of those developers where i i rated their contract like b minus you know and instead of being offensed by like oh why you know why you're you're shitting on my project uh they're coming and they say oh okay cool like you know like yeah i understand yeah that makes sense then we have like conversation together and uh and then we we can you know just exchange information and and just help each other actually you know like sometimes i'm gonna learn something sometimes they're gonna learn something who knows 
And so that's that's pretty cool. Also, I've seen an increase of people coming to me to uh, help them. So developers coming to me and say, like, I have a project launching next week. Can you help me to uh, make sure that my, my smart contract is ready? And so they give me their testnet smart contract and I review it for them and I give them some advice and then uh, they launch their project, you know, and then I'm not asking anything in return. You know, sometimes I get some gifts, sometimes not. I don't really care. My main goal is to make sure that those new projects are coming are giving a, a good guidelines again, you know, because again, those practices are super important to have there, to, to be there in place now. Yeah, good on you, man. You're doing doing the good work, fighting the good fight, which is is great to see. So, uh, Thank yeah, you. so cool to hear that. That's uh, really awesome stuff. Um, all right, let's talk as well because you are the uh, CTO of Artifact Studios, and I know there there won't be loads you can say uh, here, which is absolutely fine. But Artifact, when we talk about you know credibility, sort of culture, and a long term vision, Artifacts immediately comes to mind as you know a, a brand that are built on those sorts of principles right they are constantly setting standard changing the game and and helping build this space like you say as well so uh yeah what's your kind of role there and, and um could you just say uh, yeah a few words on, on artifacts maybe yeah of course i mean uh you know like so everything i've been talking before those are the values i carry uh, at artifacts uh, and those are values that we share all across the board, you know, like everyone, Z, Crisby, uh, and all the developers we have and, and stuff like that are uh, sharing those values that, we, that, that, that I just spoke about, uh, you know. Um, and so my, my job at Artifact is mainly to make sure that our project, every NFTs we're releasing, and, and the long-term vision of the company is just aligned with blockchain um, uh, kind of, you know, philosophy but also uh, give the best to the collectors and, 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 and empower artists as much as possible, basically. You know, like we've been doing a thousand of, of, of collaboration. Uh, I mean, thousand maybe a bit much, but hundred of collaboration. Um, and where, you know, we're giving, uh, we're, we're giving a lot to the artists um, and, and on every, every level, you know, like development understanding and art understanding and things like this. So, yeah, my, my role at Artifact is mainly that, like making sure that the vision, I, the, the, the value I just spoke about are carried along uh, because we are, as you said, we're a big name. Uh, we're part, I, I feel that, you know, we are part now of the big brands in the in the NFT space. And so uh, it is super important even more that we set the, 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 the guidelines correctly, uh, especially on the technology part of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and if you're, you know, brand new to the space, Artifact, uh, RTFKT is how it's stylized. Go and check out their work and just the, the collabs that, that they're building. Um, it's so credible based in, in, you know, a background in gaming and uh, sneaker culture. So, um, yeah, Artifact is doing amazing stuff. And and one project that is coming up, which is uh, kind of super secret in the most part, they're <laughs> uh, dropping out teasers, is Akira, which is Artifact's avatar project. And um, diving in the Discord is was wild last night and and every week there's rumors about what's happening and stuff and it's cool and i know you won't be able to say too much but it seems super exciting just as a project that's coming i think for the end of september launch is is what i've read uh end of some uh, end of uh, end, end of september wow sorry i bugged out of course. Uh, end of september beginning of october yeah uh yeah i cannot really say much about akira of course um but what i can say obviously on the technical part of thing is uh you know, we are trying to achieve something that is uh, never seen before. We're leveraging the the uh, the beauty of uh, Ethereum blockchain to 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 the max. 
um and we're really trying to to have something you know like just just like we've done with our previous drops uh, where we're giving like uh, extended utilities you know like you buy the furrow shoes you can you can get them in the central land but also in, in the physical life uh akira is following that and 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 goes even further than that so without saying much more than that just you can trust me uh the code behind of what you're gonna buy uh or acquire is uh top notch good stuff that is the key uh, crucial point which is which is awesome yeah yeah all right and uh just to, to kind of uh, finish up a little bit obviously nfts in this world that is being created you know in real time really is at the heart of sort of the wider metaverse, which is what this podcast is about as well. So how do you see looking forward to these virtual worlds and this whole space playing out over the next sort of few months and years? What's your kind of vision on everything? On metaverses? Yeah. You know, it's it's a good question. I mean, the way I see metaverses, that's... Uh, uh, they, they, I see them as countries, right? Like, I mean, we've 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 heard like Mark Zuckerberg announcing that Facebook was trying to pivot towards a, a metaverse, and and we've seen like you know uh, I don't know if you ever seen that, but I've came across through years on Reddit and so on like people trying to compare the internet to like a world map and trying to understand like which companies is the biggest country, and I really feel metaverse is this. It's like this vision where, uh, this way to visualize this, you know, like, so I feel the central end is a country and, and, and uh, CryptoVoxel is a country and Facebook will be a country. Um, and, and so for me, the future is really like, just like, you know, today I live in the UAE, but I can go to Belgium and, and or to France or the UK. And, and that's kind of what's going on already, right? Like I'm, I'm on the virtual part of things. I'm most of the time on CryptoVoxel, but I can come and visit the central end. So I, I really just compare it this way uh, when I try to explain it to people who don't really understand what are metaverses. But that explanation to me kind of gives a, a, a glimpse of what's going to be the future because uh, this is just dev- like a developing part, you know, like we're just going to see more countries coming into play, which are metaverses uh, with their utilities and obviously leveraging the beauty of NFTs where we have a way to really merge uh physical and digital together um you know I, i've seen companies like branch for example i don't know if you heard about them they're building a metaverse for companies to own an office and have meetings and stuff and it's pretty awesome um this is to me this is really where we're going we're trying to to connect as much as possible the the physical and digital world as it should be uh, as one big simulation and uh, i like that interesting man that's a really cool way of describing it i've not heard it um talked about as different countries which is is cool because that that really works as a analogy for sure like and it's not you know necessarily that they're all directly competing against each other a little bit but they're they're different worlds that offer different things for different exactly yeah it's really cool interesting uh all right sammy well i know you are a super busy man so um i won't take more of your time but thank you so much for doing this it's been fascinating and yeah it's been great having you on i knew it's going to be a good episode and uh it didn't disappoint for sure so thank you so much and where can we send people to follow you and find out more about the awesome work you're doing at the moment uh well first of all thank you for having me um i'm very happy and uh touched that uh, you chose me to be part of the podcast uh awesome, I, I think the best will be twitter of course uh, cardillo samuel so it's a c-a-r-d-i-2-l so L L O Samuel S A M U E L. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, that's Twitter is probably the best way to 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 hit me up. 
if anyone, an artist, a developer, whoever, uh, needs some orientation, some help, some advice, feel free to DM me. I'm always trying to answer ASAP. If I don't answer, it's not that I'm ignoring you. It's probably just I didn't saw your DM just yet. <laughs> so uh, that's about it. Uh, but yeah, um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's pretty fun, actually, that uh, this is being done on Riverside. I actually worked on the first MVP of Riverside. Uh, no way, that was uh, cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a very big friend with, uh, with Nadav and Gideon Kiesen, who are like the founders, and I've been working on the MVP at the very, very, very beginning of, of that project. So uh, pretty fun uh, to, to see how things went. Yeah, man, I just discovered it. Riverside is was what we're recording this um, podcast on, but yeah, they do it. It's like a virtual studio, and it's uh, yeah, it's really really cool. It's the it's the best one I've found. So uh, shout out <laughs> to them for sure. Hundred um, percent. But yeah, all right, yeah. Thank you so much, man, and um, go and follow Samuel. And uh, I'm sure we'll catch up uh, again in in a few months or something. Can then um, see where this crazy space is at. Then perfect. Thank you so much, man.